Welcome to episode 11 of the Gen X Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Piper, and I thank you for joining me. I hope everyone's safe and sound. Um, I know with COVID-19 uh, happening, it's it's really made an upheaval in our society. Uh, personally, on up to uh, just the society in general. Um, I hope everyone is safe and sound, though. I know I've said that before, but I really sincerely do. I hope your health is good. I hope if you've, you know, gotten the coronavirus, that you're on the mend, or if your loved ones have been afflicted with it, that they're uh, recovering. In addition, I I hope that uh, your finances, your you know, your personal economy. I hope um, that everybody's doing well. I know the you know the secondary effect of this coronavirus is the economy. And it's, it's definitely uh, been a challenge. So many people have lost their jobs. So I, I hope that A, either you've been able to keep your job, or B, that you've gotten the, um, you know, the right amount of aid, financial aid from, from the government. Um, or perhaps you were smarter than most of us and that you, you know, saved for these things. Um, either way, I just hope that uh, things are going well for you as well as can be. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit this week about something other than, you know, film stocks and, uh, film cameras, which I'll talk a little bit about. I mean, they, they do come into play with the subject I'm going to talk about this week. Um, but I wanted to talk about exposure, the exposure triangle and how it interacts, how they interact with each other as well as uh, certain few rules that we can kind of go by if we don't have uh, all the equipment that we would want. So what is exposure? Well, basically, the exposure is the, basically the brightness of your, your picture. So a properly exposed photo will be something that obviously something that looks good to your eyes so it's you know subjective but let's say that you want to capture an image that looks on film or on in the picture to be what you saw in real life well then you want something that's not too bright meaning that there's not you know highlights everywhere and not blown out it's not a blown out exposure and conversely, not too dark, meaning that, it, you know, deep black shadows where you see nothing uh, and really, really dim light. You want something that's properly exposed where you do have some shadows and it's a bit darker and you do have some light in the sky, but it's not overblown. So a properly exposed film, or not film, properly exposed photo will be something that's not too bright and not too dark. Now, in the digital world, we don't have to think about overexposed or underexposed photos because the cameras basically do it for us. They're miniature calculators, not really miniature, but, you know, they they have pretty much computers inside them that will determine the amount of light coming in and therefore expose the, uh, the photo to be what it should be. Now, if you, on your digital camera, you can put it on automatic setting and it will set the aperture for you, the shutter speed, and potentially even the ISO of your, uh, of your image. 
and you get a corresponding image with certain effects because of either the change in shutter speed, aperture, or uh, uh, ISO. Um, and most people don't really use manual mode. They use either automatic mode, program mode, shutter speed, uh, shutter priority, or aperture priority. Um, if you venture into manual mode, that's where you need to learn about exposure. But with film cameras, uh, especially old, old film cameras like the one, ones that I have, um, my Minolta SRT 201, I'm sorry, 102, has a light meter, but it's old, so I don't rely on it. And my Konica 3A doesn't have any meter at all. <laughs> it's purely a mechanical camera. So understanding exposure is a great aid in understanding how to take a, a, a nicely lit photo, nicely well-exposed photo. Well, I mentioned there about, you know, in, in the digital world, that if you put it on automatic mode, your camera will choose a certain setting, even perhaps the, uh, the ISO of the, uh, of, the, of the photo, and therefore you'll end up with a properly exposed photo with certain effects. What are those effects? Well, that's where we get into the uh, exposure triangle. So the exposure triangle is comprised of three different elements. In that exposure triangle, you have your ISO, or the sensitivity of your either sensor or film. Although with digital sensors, I don't know how a sensor can be less or more sensitive because it's the same sensor. But we're talking about film speed here, film, film uh, stock itself. So you have your ISO, the sensitivity of the film, sensitivity to light, that is. You have your aperture, that is the opening and closing of the uh, lens blades. And then you have your shutter speed, the quickness in which your shutter, um, shutter curtain will open. And all those three have an effect on the photo that you take. Let's start with ISO or film speed. Now with film speed, um, what that's basically denoting is the, the chemical emulsion that's on the film. If you have a really low, slow film, uh, slow ASA or ISO, let's say down to 100 or even slower, <laughs> I've, I shoot down to 1.6, that's extremely slow film. Um, if you have slow film like that, then what you're gonna have is really crisp, clean images because that emulsion is more tightly packed. But the converse uh, and diff different effect of that slow speed film is that it's less sensitive to light. So it takes a longer time for that, that film to get exposed to the light or to produce an image. If you go the other direction and toward really sensitive film, a, an effect of that is that you get grainier images. So ISO, or the sensitivity of the film speed, or the, of the film itself to light, is um, it directly relates to 
the graininess of the photo. What about shutter speed? Well, with shutter speed, that's the, you know, the opening and closing of the, of the shutter curtain, or on a rangefinder camera, uh, with a leaf shutter, the opening and closing of the of the shutter on on the lens. So, um, with the shutter speed, that directly affects the image in a different way than ISO. Instead of making it grainier or less grainy, it affects the motion blur. So you can have a really crisp, uh, sharp, defined photo with a really fast shutter speed. Or if you have a slower shutter speed, then anything that's moving by um, will be pretty blurry. So if you have a lot of kids, if you're shooting your kids, uh, you definitely don't want sh uh, slow shutter speeds unless you like motion blur. And some, sometimes that's kind of nice. I've, I've enjoyed that from time to time. So again, ISO affects the graininess of the film, of, of the photo. Uh, shutter speed affects the motion blur of the, of the photo. And then you have your aperture. Changing the aperture can make your... Uh, everything in the photo be either crisp and clear and in focus or uh, certain things in focus and everything else out of focus. Not blurry in the sense of motion blur, but blurry because it's out of focus. Um, so all those three parts of the exposure triangle affect the photo in different ways. Now, Something to understand about the uh, exposure triangle is essentially it's a math problem. Let's say uh, in that exposure triangle, since we're dealing with film, let's say you have a certain film stock that you use regularly, or even if it's just the one roll of film, it's in your camera and you're not going to you know, waste that film, so you're going to keep it in the camera. And that film speed doesn't change, unlike with digital, you know, you can change the ISO. Again, I don't understand how that works. But with film speed, you have your ISO set for you based on the film stock that you use. So let's say it's a math problem and your film speed is the sum. To get to your film speed, you have to add up your the other two parts of the exposure triangle, your aperture and your shutter speed. Let's say it's like a math problem. Let's say you have a, a, the problem and the sum is 9. You can get to it by adding 4 plus 5. But what if you change that 5 to a 6? Well, you won't get an answer of 9, will you? You'll get a sum of 10. 4 plus 6 equals 10. So to get a sum of 9 again, if you want to change the second number to 6 from 5, then you have to change the first number from 4 down to 3, because 3 plus 6 equals 9. Also, if you want to change it to 7, you have to change the other one to 2. 2 plus 7 equals 9. Or if you want to change it yet again to 8, 1 plus 8 equals 9. You can, you know, change those numbers all around, but as long as you're maintaining a sum of 9, then it's essentially that kind of math problem. Well, it's the same with uh, the exposure triangle. If you have your your ISO or your film speed staying the same, then if you change one leg of the exposure triangle to get a properly exposed photo, you have to change the other leg in the reverse direction. I hope you're following along. <laughs> it's difficult to explain this 
audially without a visual representation, but I hope it's making some sense to you. Well, now let's talk a little bit about stops of light. We, we, might, have, we might, might hear that quite a bit. What is a stop of light? Well, essentially, a stop of light is either doubling the amount of light coming into your camera or having the amount of light coming into your camera. So either two, two times the amount of light or one half the amount of light. So every, with, every, um, with every number that's on any one of your dials, whether it's the shutter speed dial, you know, uh, one one hundredth of a second, one two hundred fiftieth of a second, one five hundredth of a second, one one thousandth of a second, or starting with one twenty fifth, one hundred twenty fifth, going down to one sixtieth, one thirtieth, one fifteenth, um, you know, one eighth. All these various numbers—they're either letting in half the amount of light if you increase the shutter speed, or increasing the amount of light by two, doubling the amount of light by decreasing the shutter speed. Same with the aperture. On your aperture ring on your lens, or on the, on a, well, yeah, the aperture ring on on your lens, whether you're using an SLR or a rangefinder, as you click onto each number, you're either doubling the amount of light coming in as you go from, say, F16 down to F11, doubling it again to F8, doubling it again to F5.6, doubling it again to F4, doubling it yet again to F2. If it goes down to F2, uh, F, I'm sorry, 2.8. If it goes down to F2, you're doubling it yet again. So essentially, you have, let's see, 16 to... 11 is doubling the amount, one stop of light, down to 8, quadrupling the amount from 16, uh, 5, 6, 8 times the amount of light from F16, F5.6, 16 times the amount of light from F16, uh, F4, uh, 32 times the amount of light from F16, 2.8, 2.8, 64 times the amount of light from f16, down to f2, you're letting in uh, 128 times the amount of light from f16. So you see that the amount of light that you let in changes dramatically as you open up that iris. And it's the same with your film speed. Uh, with your film speed, you have 100 speed film, let's say. That's kind of a moderate film speed if you if you increase the sensitivity and it's in a sense doubling the amount of light that's on the film uh, you bring that up to 200 speed film if you increase it yet again doubling the amount of light that's on that film then you bring it up to ISO 400 ISO 800 is yet again another doubling but if you go conversely down the chain from 100 speed film then you get to 50 speed film 25 speed film 12 speed film 6 3 1.6 and you have six stops of light from 100 down to uh, f 1.6 
I'm sorry, not F 1.6, but ISO 1.6. So again, 120, let's see, 128 uh, times less amount of light coming in onto your film if you have, if you're using ISO 1.6 from ISO 100 film. So you see, every one of these uh, parts of the exposure triangle affects the amount of light that your photo, the end result, will have. And it's all based on stops of light, which again is a, either a doubling of the amount of light or a halving of the amount of light, either two times the amount of light or one half the amount of light as you go up or down any one of those um, particular parts of the exposure triangle. Now, what if you have a camera that, again, it's like an old, it's an old camera and it doesn't have a light meter, or if it does, maybe the light meter doesn't work accurately, um, and you just want to be able to understand photography and how to get a good, properly exposed photo without having to use an external light meter or your phone, which those are all good. But what if you want to just know it? Well, what you need to understand is you need to n learn how to read the light that is all around you. And when you get into nighttime photography, that's something entirely different. But let's say during daytime, it's during, you know, just a standard day, you need to understand that just like the, the shutter speed and the aperture and the, the film speed affect the amount of light coming in either into the camera or onto the film in the same way the amount of clouds the environmental conditions are affecting the amount of light coming from the sun to the earth and so it's kind of like a shutter speed or an aperture or a film speed up in the sky um we can think of it kind of like that so what do we do if we don't have uh, an external light meter or our phone with us or we w just want to understand it ourselves? Well, there's a couple of rules that we can follow and understanding how those rules work can help us, A, to get a properly exposed image and B, to be able to play around to get different effects while maintaining a properly exposed image. The most widely recognizable of those rules is the sunny 16 rule. We might have heard about the sunny 16 rule. What is it? Well, I, it took a while for me to understand what it was about, but once I did, and I'm still learning, I'm still honing my skills, but once I understood it, it it's, it's rather a, a nice, you know, mental tool to use. So what is it? Well, let's look at the name, sunny 16. Sunny is pretty obvious. Um, it's to be used during a brightly sunny day with no clouds in the sky. 16, that relates to the aperture. The aperture on your, uh, the, or basically the aperture on your, on your lens. So F16, that's the setting. Now, if you keep your aperture at F16, then Knowing that your film speed can't change, the only other thing you can change is the shutter speed. So let's say you have a film speed of 100, say Ektar 100 or Pro Image 100, or maybe a black and white film that's 
that has 100 speed film. And it's a bright sunny day, so you set your aperture at f16. Then what you want your shutter speed to be is the inverse of your film speed. So again, you have 100 speed film. You want to have 100th, 1 100th of a second shutter speed. Now on some cameras, there isn't a 1 100th uh, shutter speed on, on your, uh, 1 100th of a second, I should say, of a shutter speed on your, on your camera. For instance, on my uh, Minolta SRT 102, the closest one that I have to that is 1 125th of a second. But that's close enough. That's close enough. On some cameras, you actually do have 1 100th, like my Konica uh, 3A. But anyways, uh, what that does is that sets the, the shutter speed, basically. So you, you have your uh, bright, sunny day. You have your film speed set because you don't want to change it. It's at uh, 100 speed film. Let's say you're using that. You open up your aperture to f16 because you're using the f uh, sunny 16 rule. So your shutter speed will be the inverse or the closest inverse to your film speed. But let's say you have um, a 200 speed film. Well, then again, you keep that aperture at f16, but then you just change your shutter speed to be the closest inverse to your film speed. So if you have 200 speed film, say on my Minolta SRT 102, I bring it down to one two hundred fiftieth of a second. That's the closest that I can get to being uh, one two hundredth of a second, the inverse of the film. Let's say you have even more sensitive film. So you have 400 speed film. Well, then you'd bring it to the closest shutter speed to be the inverse of 400 speed or 400 which would be one four hundred four hundredth of a second. The closest I have is one five hundredth of a second. So it's close enough. You see, close enough. Um, but now, what if you want to play around with the image? What if you want to increase, uh, uh, yeah, increase the amount of uh, depth of field, or decrease the amount of depth of field? You want a shallower depth of field. You want your subject in focus and the background to be sort of blurry. Well, with on a bright sunny day with 100 speed film, you have only so much you can do. So let's say you have 100 speed film in your camera and you're using the Sunny 16 rule, then understanding the exposure triangle will help you to understand how you can change the settings that you can change, the aperture and the shutter speed, in order to get the effect that you want while maintaining a properly exposed photo. So you have your film speed set. You want a shallower depth of field than, than you get at, y, uh, you know, uh, closed down at f16. What do you do? Well, that's where your shutter speed comes into play. How much shutter speed can you or do you have to play with? Well, again, let's say you're using 100 speed film and it's a bright sunny day. Then you have, you're starting at 125th of a second or 100th of a second. You have 
a few stops of light to play with. So if I wanted to increase, you know, decrease the amount of the depth of field, I should say, then what I'd want to do is bring it down to one 250th of a second, one stop of light, down to one 500th of a second, two stops of light, down to one 1,000th of a second. I have three stops of light that I can play with. Now, because I adjusted my shutter speed, I correspondingly have to adjust my aperture if I want a properly exposed photo. So now that I've closed down the shutter speed, so to speak, I need to open up the aperture. So I open it up to f11 from f16, that's one stop of light, f8, that's another stop of light, f5.6, three stops of light. So I offset the three stops of light that I decreased with the shutter speed by opening up the aperture three stops of light so that I maintain that properly exposed photo while getting the effect that I want. But now what if you are using a different speed film? Let's say you're shooting uh, the film stock that I like to use, which is the Kodak 2254. You know, a really, really slow film, something that's not sensitive to light hardly at all. Now, yes, it is sensitive to light, but it's very much less sensitive to light than even 100-speed film, which in itself is a pretty slow film. How sensitive is it? Well, ISO 1.6 is six stops of light less sensitive than 100-speed film. How does that work out? Well, if you start with 100-speed film, you have that to 50-speed film, that's film that's one-half as sensitive as 100-speed film. Then you have that again to 25-speed film. That's four times less sensitive than 100-speed. Have that yet again, uh, 12-speed film. That's eight times less sensitive. Have that to 6-speed film, 16 times less sensitive. Um... ISO 3 film, 32 times less sensitive than 100 speed film. And then 1.6 speed film is 64 times less sensitive than 100 speed film. So if I want to use my 1.6 speed, you know, Kodak 2254 film, which I do a lot, then I have to correspondingly make some adjustments in either my shutter speed or my aperture. Now, if I want to use that film and I want to shoot it on a bright sunny day, then I can maintain my 1 125th of a second as I would with 100 speed film. But this time, instead of adjusting my shutter speed, I'd have to adjust my aperture so that I could maintain a fast shutter speed so I don't get blurry images or motion blur, I should say. So knowing that I went down six stops to six, uh, 100, yeah, 128 times uh, l less sensitive um, film, then I correspondingly need to bring down my aperture to uh, six stops of light. So again, starting with F16, 
sunny 16 rule, I can use that sunny 16 rule to know that I have to go down six stops of light or open it up six stops of light. So 16 down to 11, F11, one stop of light. F8, two stops of light. F5.6, three stops of light. F4, four stops of light. F2.8, five stops of light. Finally down to F2, six stops of light. So I have to open up my aperture to F2 in order to maintain a shutter speed of 1 125th of a second because I'm using really super slow ISO uh, film. So understanding that Sunny 16 rule helps you to understand the settings you need to have no matter what film you're using. Whether it's 100 speed film, 1600 speed film, or 1.6 speed film. Any film you use, all you need to know is you A, either need to make your shutter speed one over the number that your shutter speed, uh, film speed is. Again, one one hundredth for 100 speed film. Or you need to understand how many stops of light away from ISO 100. That's a pretty basic, you know, starting place. You need to know how many stops away from ISO 100 speed your film is so you can correspondingly open up your aperture that same amount. But now, what if it's not bright and sunny out? Are there other rules that, can, that you can use? Well, yes, there are. There's something called the Hazy 11. And that's when it's a bright, sunny day, but there's high clouds in the sky, either high cirrus clouds or you have you know the puffy cumulus clouds uh, that are out so it's a sunny day but it's picturesque because it's not just a clear blue sky uh, sky it's a cloudy day but definitely not overcast it's still bright and sunny well you still have less light coming in because those clouds are occluding your view of the sun a little bit so you have to if you keep your film speed the same let's again say you have 100 speed film. That's a nice basic film speed. Um, and you want to maintain that 125th of a second because that's a good fast shutter speed so that you can not have motion blur. Then because of less amount of light coming into your, it, you know, coming from the sky because of the clouds, you need to open up the aperture a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. So you're going from F16 down to F11. So you're opening it, opening up just a little bit, but in essence, you're doubling the amount of light coming into the lens. What if it's um, definitely overcast? Not you know just puffy clouds, but it's definitely overcast. But it's still you know bright. You know those kinds of days where it's bright out, but it's not like a bright sunny day, and it's not even like a bright you know, cloudy day, um, but it's overcast. Well, that's twice, essentially about twice the amount of light or one half the amount of light coming in from a, you know, happy cloudy day. So you need to open up your aperture another stop to F8. It's called the cloudy F8 or overcast F8 rule or cloudy F8. But now what if you, uh, what if it's, 
really, really overcast. Maybe even foggy out. It's a dark day. You know, those days where it could rain at any time. One of those kinds of days. Or it's really, really foggy. Well, you, you'll know, understanding how light works, you know that even less light is coming through. Let's say it's about half again from an overcast day. So you need to open up your aperture another stop to 5.6 while maintaining your shutter speed of 1 125th of a second and keeping your 100 speed film in your camera. You see how it inter interacts, how each one affects the other, or if you change, if you change uh, one, you have to change another, or if something in the lighting changes, in order to maintain two of them, you have to change the other one. You see how that works? Well, let's say you're shooting at uh, sunset or sunrise. You know, there's different light coming in. So then you'd have to open up your aperture even more to f4, or perhaps even f2.8. As you get into nighttime, well, that's different altogether. But, you know, some lenses have another number beyond f16, to, in, in that it's f22. What is that? What is that? How can you get sunnier than a bright, sunny, cloudless sky day? Well, you actually can. Let's say you have a bright, sunny day, and you're in the desert, so there's lots of sand, or you're, it's during winter, so you're walking in a snowy field or something like that, and it's a bright, sunny day. So instead of just getting this, the, the light from the sun shining down on you, you have the light coming down from the sun, but it's also bouncing up from the ground, uh, either from the snow or the sand, very highly reflective surfaces. And so with, <laughs> with that, um, it's called the snowy or sandy F22 uh, rule. So again, to maintain a 125th of a speed uh, shutter speed and having ISO 100 speed film, you bring it up to F22, therefore reducing the amount of light by half, or having the amount of light coming in from f16. But now, again, what if you want to, you know, change the um, the depth of field? And I know we talked about this just a little bit, but let's say you really want to blur your uh, your background. Well, that's when you really need to figure out which film you're going to use. So before you, if you have a, if, if you don't want to just shoot willy-nilly, you know, just take snapshots, but you have a specific focus in mind, then knowing the Sunny 16 rule, and is, even more than that, knowing the exposure triangle can really help you figure out what kind of film you want to use. With um, high-speed film, you have less room to play with for shallow depth of field, but you have more to play with as far as uh, capturing action or capturing light in a dark situation. But if you want a shallow depth of field, you need to choose a slower, a slower, if you're shooting on a bright sunny day, you need to shoot at uh, a slower speed film so that you can get a shallower depth of field 
Or kind of conversely, if you want to shoot that 100 speed film and you want to maintain 125th of a second, let's say you only the only film you have is Kodak Ektar or Pro Image 100, you all all you have. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> the only film you have is let's say a 100 speed film. Um, and you want to maintain a fast shutter speed, you know, decently fast shutter speed, then you have to pick the lighting conditions that will enable you to open up the aperture in order to make that field of, uh, you know, depth of field uh, more shallow uh, for your subject. So you have to pick maybe a slightly cloudy day or an overcast day or even a foggy day in order to uh, take full advantage of that aperture dial on your camera. Now, I know this probably was <laughs> a little bit heady. I know it was, I got a little bit confused just trying to explain it. I understand it, but to explain it is a little bit challenging. But that's the Sunny 16 rule. That's a, the exposure triangle. And, um,. You can look these things up on the internet. There's all kinds of YouTube videos about the Sunny 16 rule, the exposure triangle, all kinds of them, and they're all very, very explanatory. There's Wikipedia. I mean, there's all kinds of information out there. there you know, lots of podcasts have talked about exposure triangle, uh, Sunny 16 rule, cloudy, <laughs> you know, cloudy F8, overcast F11, you know, all these things. But uh, I just wanted to try to explain it myself. Uh, for any of you who were interested. And um, if you at all found this helpful, um, I understand if you didn't, but if you did, uh, I'm glad. And if you didn't and have some more questions, um, you can email me at genxphotogpod at gmail.com. All lowercase, all one word, genxphotogpod. G-E-N-X-P-H-O-T-O-G-P-O-D at gmail.com In addition, you can uh, uh, look at, you know, find me on Instagram at Mario Piper. Um, and I have a lot of, lot of, uh, uh, of my film photos up on, on Instagram. Um, it's not my favorite place, but, you know, it's... <laughs> fairly popular, so it's a good place to go. Um, I'm also on Flickr at Mario Piper. Um, so anyways, I hope this was relatively informative, and uh, we'll see you, or be with you on the next episode. In the meantime, again, I hope you're feeling uh, safe and sound, and that your finances are decent, and hopefully this will all be over relatively soon so that we can maintain, you know get back to our normal lives relatively normal i don't know how normal it's going to be after this um and keep on shooting that film all right have a great one guys bye